1: Good
0: evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and Sleep, It's Complicated, Part 2. Uh, again, with us in our virtual studios, the Dr. Roberto Olivardia. We're going to get into the show in a minute. I'd like to thank Chad for their continued support of Attention Talk Radio. In celebration of that, we're going to give away a couple of digital copies of Attention Magazine. If you're interested, just listen to our show. Write down the secret word we're going to share a couple times. Listen to another show. Write down the secret word from that show. Put both of them in an email at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When I get it, we will get you a PDF copy of the current magazine and a PDF copy of the next one that's going to be in print. I've got a little tip that we're going to share from Chad, and then we'll get into the show.
1: Managing finances can be a challenge for people with ADHD. The symptoms of procrastination, disorganization, and impulsivity can contribute to your financial woes. One way to help is to create a financial timeline that shows your money management tasks. Break down your lists into daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly categories to help put you on the right track. To learn more about money management, visit chad.org.
0: Thanks again, Chad, uh, for sharing those, Uh, a little bit about the magazine, and uh, for our support. Uh, For those that don't know, Chad's the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage our listeners to become members for the great member benefits, but also to keep Chad financially strong, since they're the ones that are advocating for us on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies. To learn more and donate, go to chadd.org. Okay. Our show is uh, ADHD and sleep, uh, part two. Uh, Last week, we did the first part of this with Dr. Roberto Olivardio. We covered uh, what is sleep and uh, sleep conditions, if you will. Um, Tonight, we're going to cover sleep hygiene, the challenges uh, of adhering to sleep hygiene, and then some uh, coaching ideas and stuff that we kind of go through that. So uh, this was taped uh, all together with the original show, so it was just kind of a seamless flow. We're going to roll the tape. We hope you enjoy the show. Dr. Roberto Olivardio is a lecturer of psychology at Harvard Medical School. He maintains a private psychotherapy practice in Lexington, Massachusetts, where he specializes in the treatment of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, body dysmorphic disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder. He also um, specializes in the treatment of eating disorders in boys and men. He's the co-author of *Undiscomplex*, Complex, a book which details the various um, Manifestations of Body, Image, Problems in Men. He, he has presented at many talks and conferences around the country, including the CHAD Conference, the International Conference on ADHD. He sits on the Scientific Advisory Board of Attitude Magazine and the Professional Advisory Board of CHAD, ADA, and the uh, National Association of Males with Eating Disorder. Uh, you can reach him at his email address at Roberto underscore Olivardia at hms.harvard.edu, and with that, Dr. Olivardi, welcome to the show.
2: It's great to be here, Jeff.
0: Everybody, we did, this is the part two of a series on um, ADHD and sleep, um, a big issue for many of those with ADHD. In part one, we covered what is sleep, uh, the challenge of sleep, surrendering your body to sleep, and the challenges those with ADHD have. And then we were talking at the end about sleep conditions. And at the, at the end of that show, we really started talking about uh, being aware of awareness of sleep and really what you do about that. And what this show is really all about that. And I think the best place to begin with this, Dr. Olivardia, is sleep hygiene. What is sleep hygiene?
2: Sure. So sleep hygiene are basically a collection of behaviors that we are consciously and mindfully uh, trying to integrate into our our daily routine that basically respect the phenomenon of sleep and enable us to be able to get the kinds of sleep that that we need um, and make it something of a priority, just like when we think about, you know, health hygiene. We wash our hands and we brush our teeth and uh, we take a shower and we do things like that, that sort of get us refreshed, that keep us clean, that keep us healthier um, in that way. And with sleep hygiene, especially when we use those words with sleep, it really puts into, I think, more of a serious plane of how important of a health issue this really is um, in terms of getting proper amounts of sleep. So,
0: I like what you said. It's a collection of behaviors. Or could I actually substitute it's a collection of habits?
2: Same? Habits, absolutely. It could be habits, okay. right? Behaviors, habits. Yeah, I would say habits it probably is a more apt term because it's something that we're doing every single day or you're hoping so, to do every single day.
0: So I think this is really important to talk about this. We know that sleep hygiene, these, these behaviors and habits are really, really good for people with ADHD, but we've talked to Dr. Um, uh, Russell Barkley on this. He said thinks about your brain as like a two-level system. You have the automatic brain, kind of the dopamine-seeking brain, the fight, flight, or free-seeking brain, and you have the executive functioning brain, and you have to engage the thinking brain to go in and override the automatic brain, the pleasurable brain. And one of the things about that process, if you think about how effortful it is to get the thinking brain to override it in order to, uh, build a habit or a behavior, um, the most of the experts that I've talked to, and, and I'll be interested in your comments on this, Dr. Olivardi, is it's more effortful for somebody with ADHD to build a habit because they have to stop and put more effort into overriding the automatic behavior, particularly in the face of these things, because habits tend to be repetitive and boring, which is a hallmark that I find for people with ADHD. The repetition, the monotony of that, just think about trying to keep your closet clean or the house clean or those types of things. And so we know that the behaviors are good, but at the same time, I think it's more difficult for people with ADHD to, to build these behaviors um, and self-regulate to them and actually to think about these things and plan and build time in on that. Thoughts about this? Is this, I mean, anything that you would like to expand upon or adjust or, or, or in what I said?
2: Um, I would 100% agree. I mean, I think, you know, just building habits, I mean, everyone with ADHD can relate to the difficulty of whether it's a habit of, uh, you know, waking up in the morning at a certain time, going to the gym, um, eating at regular consistent times. I mean, part of the ADHD experience is that difficulty in, in regulation and shifting from one thing to another. To build a habit, again, creates a certain number of executive functions. We have to stop one thing and start another thing. We have to be aware of time. We have to regulate our emotions um, and understand, oh, I might want to stay up and watch this documentary, I want to, but I know I have to get to sleep if I want to have a healthy, adequate amount of sleep. And so we're constantly overriding that that need, again, for, for stimulation. And with sleep, it, it is something, it's not a, you know, it's uh, it's not a one-shot deal. I mean, it's something we have, we have to sleep every day. And so every day those habits have to be in place. And maintaining a habit in and of itself can be boring so I work with lots of people who they might institute certain habits for a month and do great and see all the great results of getting to sleep and getting good amounts of sleep and then suddenly something shifts and they're uh, they're off and I asked them you know what went wrong and they said, I don't know I think it was just getting boring to just I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again and but there is an aspect to it that we kind of do have to do the same thing over and over again.
0: Yeah, and so I like to frame this out. In the last show, we talked about surrendering yourself to sleep, and I talked about how it's hard and that we have to acknowledge that it's hard because if you don't, you're not given the respect that, it, that you do. And so when I'm working with people, Dr. Oliver, I like to, to kind of frame this out. ADHD is an issue of self-regulation. I mean, it's it's a challenge. It's not your strength, the, the, the ability to step in and override those urges. So in this situation, we got to use self-regulation. You've got to use your weakness to overcome your weakness, And I frame Mm -hmm. it out that way because that's really what we're talking about. You got to use the the thing that you struggle with the most in order to implement the thing that you need the most. And when you start to understand that context, you can begin to realize that we talk about this all the time. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about it, and they talk about it as if it's so simple, but I think that when you get down to some of these things, it's really, really really hard, like going to bed at the same time or waking up at the same time or turning all the lights out or getting off the computers and getting off the exciting type stuff, getting off of the internet to really push yourself away is really a feat in as much as you almost want to kind of go into boredom. and And when you work with people that are starting to put the sleep hygiene into place – it's hard enough for them to do that. Then you add an element of pressure. Like let's say that you're coming up to a deadline on a paper if you're in school or you've got a, a problem. Now you have the pressure of a deadline that's in, in, interacting with your difficulty challenges to, to um, self-regulate anyway. So I see a lot where people begin to implement these things for a period of time, and then something happens at school, at work, and then all of a sudden they just lose it because they have to focus on the deadline, and boom, they start all over again. Right. Thoughts on this?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think that so much of it is managing just all those other things, you know, in in life, because one of the things that creates sleep problems for a lot of people with ADHD is that they might have a hard time getting stuff done during the day when they should be or that they plan on. And so if they procrastinate, they procrastinate, procrastinate, and then suddenly it's 11 o'clock at night and the thing is due at 8 a.m. the next morning. So now their sleep is going to be the thing, you know, that that's disrupted. Um, and so sometimes in managing sleep means we have to manage all those other things. And it could feel monumental to people with ADHD to say, okay, well, if part of what's getting in the way of my sleep is that I'm waiting until the last minute to get work done. Then I have to figure out a way to get that work done earlier in the day, which now is sort of another plan and another set of habits and things. And it really it can feel very daunting of a task and, but at the, what I tell people is what we're trying to do is just, you know, one habit has a way of generalizing too. With ADHD, when you start to put kind of goalposts or structures in, in the day, it becomes easier when you have one structure in the day to set up another one and to set up another one. And then you start to feel like you're kind of like your day is like going down a water slide, you know, it's like pretty you know, it feels fluid as opposed to yep. feeling so jarring, but you do have to have a system. And I, I credit a lot of sort of what has helped me navigate things is just being, having strategies and systems and always being aware. I think part of having ADHD successful, um, being successful with ADHD is you always have to have this sense of, okay, how, how can I make this better? How can I optimize this? Like what am I noticing and being your own detective in a way? And if that's hard for you to do, that's where therapists and coaches and, and, you know, people who are supportive can help you with.
0: I, I, I've learned, Doctor Olivard, you can't do anything unless you're aware of it, and yeah, right. that awareness, the ability to pause and notice this stuff and realize that, and, and that's again, this is hard. You have to stop and pause and think of kind of what you're doing, which is really, really, really important. I do want to add another layer. And from my experience coaching people with regard to ADHD symptoms is in doing exactly what Dr. Olivari said, there are some things that are not spoken about very much. And I want to share one of them that is a common thing that I see that's related to exactly what Dr. Olivari said. Often those with ADHD, they come home and they do a lot of work at night. And I did an interview with Dr. Uh, Russell Barkley um, on working memory if you if you google attention talk radio gps we talk about what working memory is at. in in that show i talked about when you're going to sit down and do something that requires a lot of executive functioning it's kind of like you have to boot up your mind and it's very effortful it takes time for you to load all the thoughts and tools in make like, of like somebody going to a construction site like a builder they got to pull out like the saw horses and the extension cords and get all their tools out before they can actually do the work when you're going to sit down and do a project You've got to kind of boot up your mind, but imagine that you turn your computer on and it boots up and then somebody unplugs it and the screen goes blank. Well, then you have to boot it up Mm. and do it again. And that rebooting, the loading into your mind, the things that you need in order to do a project is really, really effortful. We hear a lot about people. I'm having a hard time getting started. Once I get started, I'm fine. To me, it's that booting up process. How do you get your head into it? And so in a, in a, a school environment or a work environment, often you're interrupted. So it's like your computer keeps getting unplugged and you keep starting over and starting over and starting over and after a while you don't do it because it's inefficient. So now you find yourself at night where it's quiet and you're no longer interrupted, and you're trying to apply the sleep ap- I mean the sleep hygiene stuff, but at the same time you're rewarded for the performance that you're getting at night because that's the quiet time we're actually getting some projects done. And I'm bringing this awareness because I've worked with a lot of people on this, and once we began to realize that, we actually started to have to advocate for times of the day where we could sit down uninterrupted to do projects because they were naturally going there, and with the pressure – and the the efficiency at night it was it was like the elephant in the room for us to actually implement the sleep hygiene thing, so i I just wanted to kind of throw that in there because again, I see a working memory issue sometimes showing up as a as a as a as, as something, and the awareness that that's taking place is a level of awareness that you need in order to kind of manage that so Dr. Oliver, does that make some sense to you is that is, does that follow
2: Oh absolutely I mean, I think that you know in um I like the analogy of the computer i I also to add to that is like as if you're booting up your computer and maybe sometimes people are pulling the plug on it or a bigger, more grander computer is being booted up yes. to the right of you. And now you're yes. sort of looking at that, you know, and, and there's a, you know, boom box of music and all of these, and there's a party and a parade coming down the street, you know, when that computer, so that computer's booted up, but it's just now left in the dust because there are other yep. things that are just more, and so we have to regulate that. We have to set up our environment much more strictly than somebody without ADHD because we can be easily pulled away from the goal of what we're trying to get done.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. When to go to break, uh, we talked about – we defined sleep apnea, and we were talking about the challenge of it. I want to come back and actually start talking about um, sleep hygiene and stuff a little bit, and then we'll get, to get on the coaching side of it. For everyone, uh, our secret word tonight is part two – Again, our secret word is part two. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
1: Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio.
0: Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. playbetterplan.com
1: Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn
0: how you can change lives by going to ADDCA.com slash ATR. That's ADDCA.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an Edge Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
1: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR
0: for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing. Before you ponder and proceed, this opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com.
1: And now back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody here. We are. We, are, we got the Roberto Olivardia uh, in our virtual studio today. We're, we are unpacking sleep like it's nobody's business, and we've got a lot of really good stuff. What I'm hoping that our listeners are getting out of this is, in part one and part two is we really identify that ADHD, you're actually using your weakness to overcome your weakness to manage this, which makes it particularly difficult. We're hoping we're creating some awareness on it. We're transitioning right now to just some, just general hygiene type stuff, and the one I want to start on first, Doctor Olivardi, is one that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, and that is like things like your bed. Most beds are made; uh, they're they're only there to last seven to eight or nine years, and I can't tell you how many people I've coached that said, "How old is your bed?" and they go like twenty five years. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. and I personally. Personally, I got a new bed about three years ago. It was amazing. I mean amazing just for the new bed. And so this is something that's not necessarily talked about. Also, the temperature of the room, 65 to 72 degrees, that's a lot lower than what I thought it would be. And I live in Tampa, Florida, and to keep my house at 65 is – incredibly expensive because it's usually 80, but I will say it's winter time. This is being taped and I usually leave my house open. I love it when it gets down to the forties. The other thing is heavy blankets Mm -hmm. laying on top of you. That pressure seems to kind of help. These are just physical things that I think are not necessarily behavioral or or habits that we need to talk about because if you get the right bed and you have the right temperature and you've got the right blankets, I think that that for some people, not everybody, it can make a material difference. Um, In the context of that, is there anything that, that that you can think of that I missed on
2: like the more the physical? More? Yeah, I mean, well, I think just to add to that, I mean, you know, beds are, I think what's prohibited for a lot of people is that beds are expensive. But what I say to people is, you know, yes, you know, there there is an investment in a bed. But even like when you think about the investment we put in a car, when we think about the investment we put in things that we actually use less. I mean, we are supposed to be using our bed for a third of our life. A third of our life should be spent in bed approximately, like if we're getting eight hours of sleep, which many people with ADHD aren't getting, that's a third of your day, every single day you're using your bed. And so when you think of it that way, again, it comes back to this issue of really respecting sleep and understanding that we could be putting a lot more thought into our car, which is, you know, important because our car gets us from point A to point B but our bed is really getting us from point A to point B because if we're if we're not sleeping well enough, our brain isn't making the connections quick enough. Our processing speed is gonna be affected. Our working memory is gonna be affected. Our mood was going to be affected. Our immune system is gonna be affected. So there's far more impairment that's actually associated uh, with that. So the other things physically, as you mentioned, um, you know, blankets, you know, I uh, keep my temperature actually um, at about like 62 degrees in my bedroom and I sleep with a very heavy comforter. I like the pressure of it. Now, I personally have tried it. I have tried the weighted blankets. Now for me, and this is different for different people. So people have to try it, but there's no question it helped me sleep more deeply. However, for whatever reason, for me, I was always groggy during the day after using the weighted blanket. Like, it's almost like my body never fully woke up. (laughs) So there's something weird that it does because I was absolutely sleeping deep. Like, I almost, I would wake up feeling like I had this totally deep sleep, but I never felt that I fully awakened. Now, I have some patients who absolutely, the weighted blanket absolutely helps them. For me, I just need a heavy comforter. Just like a big, thick comforter. I I can't sleep with just a sheet, you know, on me. Um, The other thing is room darkening shades. I would highly recommend for people to try to minimize light, and that includes light from clocks, from the phone, from anything. The smallest amount of light, the ADD brain's like, bing,
1: stimulation,
2: it'll find it in the darkness. So, um, you know, whether it's room darkening shades or putting on just double shades to try to block out light if you, you know, have sun coming in your room, um, you know, at night. Um, also, the with the bed is thinking of ways of how you sleep. So I personally, I sleep with a wedge pillow every night. And so there's something for me, and I've always had this sensation. When I'm lying flat, I almost have the sensation as if my head is like I'm on an incline, but with my head on the bottom. Like, it's a yes. very strange, like, balance thing for me. And so when I start, when I was a kid, I used to just prop pillows and kind of make my own wedge pillow, but not really knowing why that was. And I bought a wedge pillow. It significantly, without a doubt, helps me. Yes. Um, so with, with ADHD, again, it's you're being your own detective. You're being your own researcher. So what works for me is not may not work Absolutely. for you, but understanding that, things that we have to spend some time kind of figuring out, you know, what's going to to work for us, what position. Like I sleep best on my right side. Um, Some people are back sleepers. Some people sleep on their stomach, Um, you know, figuring um, that piece out. Um, Having, you know, whether there's sound now, some people need total silence. And other people, if it's too quiet, then that means any little sound they might hear, whether it's the heat going on or the AC or something might distract them. So I have, um, you know, there are apps of whether it's ocean waves or the music of Enya or something that's very not stimulating, but um <laughs> simulating enough that it has you focused on that and not focused on your thoughts and not focused on, Oh, I'm not going to sleep right now, but it's, and, and I usually recommend having a song that's very sort of, again, low key, like Enya just comes to mind yep. and on repeat, like literally the same song on repeat. So it's yep. not exciting and new.
0: Absolutely. So uh, another just comment on this is that um, sometimes um the, 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 the like a fan, I've actually had a woman who used to sleep all night with a vacuum cleaner on because the sound was like a constant hum and would kind of mute other things out. Some I found with the fan, it's the physical sensation of the wind going over—not just to keep them cool, but the physical sensation of the of that of of the um, of the wind on their body, whether they were hot or cold, actually kind of helped them in that process. Again, for some people that are very sensitive to that, so. That gives you an idea of some of the physical-type things. I want to kind of start to migrate into the really hard stuff, Dr. Oliveardia, and that is screen time. Uh, there's mm-hmm. two parts to mm-hmm. this. The blue the, – anything with a screen is emitting blue light, which actually can go through your eye, eyelids, I understand it. Is that right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so
0: yeah. anything on the screen, a TV, an iPad, a laptop, a cell phone, anything like this, there's a couple things about this. Number one is the blue screen is, is impacting your body surrender itself and the melatonin to kind of kick in. That's number one. Number two, there's usually something that's exciting on there. So now we're back to agitated boredom that we talked about in the first show. You're physically uncomfortable, so you're seeking those things that's stimulating your brain that's really having some difficulty for you to kind of calm down. And so we're moving this sleep hygiene is to remove those things, but we're really into a lot of heavy self-regulation because you can't, you got to not drag them in with you. So just want to talk about your, your perspective on that a second.
2: Yeah. I think really understanding that, you know, now again, with, with phones and with things like that, that kids are getting these distractions um, and stimulation that is really making it difficult to fall asleep because it is so, so stimulating. So being very aware of, um, not only is what you do before bed, but I tell people don't don't look at your phone um, in the middle of the night. you know you're in a dark room and now your phone's on and all that light is sort of like hitting um, hitting you. Um, try to even now I, I do use my phone as my alarm that's my alarm clock but yep. I make a conscious effort to just use it for that. Like, even if it's, Oh, let me check a quick email. I'm in bed. I don't do that because I don't even want to look at my phone and have that, you know, light yep. on. And also just being aware before you go to bed, you know, how, what, what is it that you're doing in the two hours as you lead up yep. you know, to go to bed? Yep. It's also very and, important. Yeah. We're going to spend a lot
0: of time on that in a second. Um, I want to tell you, this is a true story, Dr. Oliver, because I really want to emphasize this blue screen thing and self-regulation and really addictive behavior. True story, everybody. Yeah. I'm coaching a lawyer. She comes in one day. She comes to she on the phone. She says, "Can coach me? I'm having a hard time. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sleeping." So I'm asking her questions like, you know, what the basic stuff. Well, what time you get? What's hard? What time you get to sleep? And I'm finding that she's getting into bed and she's watching TV till three o'clock in the morning. And so when she does mm. fall asleep. She's sleep-deprived when she wakes up. She's exasperated, so she's not making it into the worst. And I'm, I'm talking through this, and we're talking about it. And I'm like, you know, we know this is a self-regulation issue, and we started talking about what it would be like not to tempt yourself. And I said, well, maybe maybe we should take the, the TV out of your bedroom. And so anyway, we negotiated where she took the remote control out because the get-up-and-turn-the-TV was on and off or whatever. We, she thought that we'd do it. I wasn't really wild about it, but I said, okay, that's fine. Literally two months later. Jeff, I need coaching on sleep. Really? Well, mm. you know, how did it go taking the remote out of the room? Well, the remote's back in. I said, well, what's it like to take the TV out? Now, mind you, she's once coaching on this, Dr. Olivardi, because she's not getting in the office until 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Now, she runs the place. Mm. Okay. Mm. And I said, mm-hmm. well, what would it be like if we actually took the TV out of the room so you weren't tempted? You haven't yet? Just guess what her response was with, to that.
2: Um, there's no way I could do that. I go to sleep with the TV.
0: Too much of a negative impact to her quality of life. She said that with me a straight mm. face. I'm like, are you listening to yourself? You're you're not getting into your office and running it till like late in the day, because you're watching TV relay and you don't want to take it out of your bedroom. You don't remove the temptation because it's going to negatively impact the quality of your life. And it was funny because I'm repeating these words and it's just not hitting her. I mean she's not, not getting it. Finally, she, uh, this happens for like two coaching sessions, so finally I get to where she takes the TV out of her room, and she starts to sleep better. <laughs> guess what mm. happens, Dr. Oliver? Just take a guess what happens next.
2: Uh, soon enough, the TV goes back in. Hulu shows up on her telephone
0: <laughs> so she can watch TV back in Uh-oh. her bed again. And so again, uh, everybody, I'm, I'm sharing. This is I'm not. I am not kidding you. This is a true story. And th- this is how challenging this is because it's it's ADHD central. I I I gotta it's I, I gotta remove all those temptations where she couldn't help herself and she was actually arguing that it was negatively impacting her life to remove these temptations. But she wants me coaching her on sleep. I'm like, there's only so much that I can do. This is awareness okay. front and central. Like you can't. I mean, you actually. I'm I'm a tv addict i mean until you admit that you have a problem it's really really difficult so i mean does this story surprise you i mean i've got other stories that are not not wrong but
2: this is this is legit add story oh none of that surprises me i i see and hear that all the time i mean now i mean what's what's even worse is that a lot of tvs have a function where you could program it to just shut off by itself like it literally expects you to yep go to sleep with the TV on. And so a lot of my patients will swear that that's the only way they can fall asleep. And it's, it's not healthy because one is they're getting probably to sleep later, but their quality of sleep is not necessarily going to be good. And now they've just, it's this conditioned response. Yep. And yes, it means that maybe if you remove the TV maybe the first couple of nights you will have a harder time sleeping because you've removed this thing that you've relied on. However, after, you know, those two or a couple of nights, your body will be like, Oh, I guess we're not falling asleep with the TV anymore. And it, it starts to kick in other mechanisms uh, that are Absolutely. far more healthy.
0: Absolutely. So we've transitioned yeah. to sleep hygiene is about building good habits. And one of those habits is getting rid of all the electronics and the blue screens, um, and we start talking about the sleep hygiene side. Now we're getting to this epicenter of removing this. And so we get back to what you said a second ago, Dr. Olivardi, about what are you doing for like the hour, hour and a half before you're going to bed? And yes. um, this is a big deal because this is the tricky part, but I have to tell everybody I've had a lot of luck focusing on this space in as much as the trick really is it's like a post-it. What's going to capture your attention enough? In other words, a it'll stick to the wall, but it won't tear the paint off the wall. So it's got to capture your attention just enough to engage it, but not be too stimulation where you take it over the top. So I want to, I'm going to kind of tease you guys with that. We're going to go to a break real quick. We're going to come back and I'm going to start talking about what I do in coaching this space that relates with Dr. olive says so that we can kind of pull all the stuff together. So everyone, our secret word tonight is part two. Our secret word is part two. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your
0: life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a
1: few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com/atr.
0: That's addca slash ATR.
1: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off.
0: You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide.
1: Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Roberto Olivardi. We're concluding a two-part series on uh, ADHD and sleep. We've talked about what it is, how hard it is to surrender, conditions, um, the need for behavior, habits, sleep, hygiene, and now we're, we're, we're headlong into coaching. And Dr. Olivario, one of the things I found the most effective is to focus on that period of time before you go to bed and that awareness. And we talked before the break about that notion. Think of a post-it, something that captures enough of your attention to, to engage it, but not too engaging where you can't kind of fall asleep to allow your 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 body to surrender there's a few things here that i always talk about when i'm doing this is number one realizes that you're motivated to go seek something fun like that's your natural motivation is to go get something stimulating if you've got adhd so you need you need to understand that the second thing is to understand is that if you want to find out what works for you and this is really really important because it's i'm all about problem solving is you've got to witness yourself you got to witness what works and what doesn't work and one of the keys I always say is okay if you were up to up late the question how exactly specifically how exactly did I manage to stay up late or not to go to bed on time and you literally go step-by-step process I did this and I went over and I I, I, I started to read the news for a little bit and you literally map step-by-step process you kind of like like a time management person you kind of go through so you can see where those stumbling blocks are so that you can begin to manage it the other side of it is if you do manage to fall asleep how exactly or what exactly was going on that enables you to go to bed early and so like dr olivardi i've had a lot of success where we walk in with people and i we throw some things out because this is as individual as snowflake adult coloring books turn the lights off You've got the lines and people – it's kind of this mindless kind of creative thing. For some, they do that 30, 45 minutes, and again, it's occupying their mind enough to engage it but to allow the melatonin to fly in. Um, Other people where they – like students where they play solitaire with the cards, not on the game, where they're physically dealing the cards, and when they lose, that you cheat the game to go that Another woman I had put a miner's light on top, turn all the lights in the house, and she would do, like, the dishes and stuff. So the spotlight would control her attention. She had the movement, and she had something that she was doing, that physical activity and the monotony actually would have her kind of calm down. Sometimes word searches where you're looking for words. It's not that exciting, but it kind of captures your attention. Knitting for some people works because it's just this monotonous thing where you're, you're doing things. Um, Gratitude practice where you sit down and you reflect through your day and you try like I was grateful for biting into that peach or I was really, really uh, – I really liked the feel of that shirt that I bought today. Um, these types of things that you do, and, and, and all these that I've come up with, some of them are there, but other ones, I've, we figure that out by watching people and say when we're you able to do it like one of my favorite is a guy used to listen to the same podcast over and over and over it was an interesting podcast but he heard it so much that he kept the volume down so he could barely hear it was like a strain and he would kind of nod off to sleep these are things that I examples of things that I found to be helpful Dr. Olivardia your experience does this make some sense or do you have different experiences
2: um, no, I think all I would agree with all of those that you said. I mean, some of those are very interesting. The miners had, it's a, a great one. I'm going to have to uh, pass that along. Um, yeah, I think basically, you know, we need a certain threshold of stimulation because if we're so bored, then we're going to be almost going overboard with finding the stimulation. So uh, things like washing dishes, like I tell people, sometimes doing kind of monotonous busy work, holding laundry is a great thing to do um, beforehand. Um, even, you know, if somebody is watching television, um, but not having, I mean, the problem with Netflix is that people can binge watch TV shows. You know, it's not like the old days, you know, where you'd have a TV show and then you had to wait a week for the next episode. Now we can get episodes all the time. So yep. being very aware of not getting into episode one of a show, because if it's, If you really like it, it's going to be very hard not to watch episode two, three, four, five, six. But if it's a, you know, an episode of, I don't know, a nature show or, you know, something that's more kind of not, again, not an action movie, not a horror movie, not something that's super stimulating, um, that could be relaxing. A warm bath can be helpful for people. Um, And, again, what works, like, again, working out at night and taking a shower helps me. But for some people that could activate them too much, um, even things like changing into your sleeping clothes, the clothes you're going to be sleeping yep. in two hours before. Because with the ADHD brain, we're, we lack the sort of internal process that we need to externalize it. And so a lot of times if I'm, you know, I used to not change into my sleeping clothes until literally the moment I was going to bed. And now, I, when I realize as if I'm changing into those clothes earlier, it's almost like I'm looking at my body saying, oh, I guess I'm going to bed soon because I have my pajamas on or my sleeping clothes on. Um, and that's what we need to almost kind of prime the ADHD brain. We're priming it. We're priming it. Um, we maybe dim the lights in the house. I, I love light. I love illumination. And so I had to be conscious of making sure I'm, like, kind of shutting lights off and, again, telling my brain, I guess I'm going to bed soon, Um, you know, and and finding activities that you might even save for the night, you know, for things like that. Um, Also just deep breathing and relaxation exercises of just – because a lot of times people with ADHD, especially if they're – running late and if they're kind of always feel behind the eight ball, they're breathing all day long is like a yep. like this sort of shortness of breath. And sometimes it's the nighttime is the first time that they feel like oh you know,
1: and
2: yep. so just watching and breathing so that you're not going to bed with that, that kind of tension um, and stretching, like really stretching your body out. Like we carry a lot of tension in our bodies and making sure that we're going to bed and, you know, our bodies feel that kind of, um, you know, relaxed state, you know, in in that way. Absolutely. Um, You know, not being aware of conversations we might have, you know, don't have, you know, I had a patient who, you know, would say, would consistently have issues with sleep and, and he said, well, but I, I wonder part of that is that, you know, my wife and I fight a lot at night. Well, why are you, you know, what's going on? And there were issues in the relationship, but what was the bigger issue is that he would want to engage in these very heavy detailed discussions with his wife. Like when she was tired, cause she did not have ADHD. She wanted to go to bed at yep. nine o'clock and he wanted to engage. And then they would sort of rev each other up and it would be, so now he really can't go to bed. And so sometimes it's, table that conversation for another time where, you know, it's not going to compete with you going to sleep. Um, wearing eye masks, um, you know, I have patients who wear masks on their eyes um, that now I find that distracting. I can't have, I already have the CPAP on my face. Like I can't have an eye mask, but um, you know, those things can, can be, you know, super helpful. Yeah, but it's, absolutely. It's, with, with everything that you said and everything that I said, it comes down to being curious, About this process and being curious that there are things that you can do and I actually kind of find it can be annoying and frustrating at times, but I also in some cases can find it fun because in terms of fun being trying to find the things that because once I do find something that works. It is such a thrilling experience. It's like, ah, like I almost feel like I find pots of gold of something like when I figured out the wedge pillow after <laughs> you know, someone had mentioned yep. that, I thought, I wonder how that would be and once I used it and I realized it worked so well, I thought, Oh, awesome and it's just such a great feeling, you know, to do that. So I encourage people to also, you know, kind of have fun with it too, not be afraid of the process of figuring out what's gonna work for them. So
0: Pulling all this together, Dr. Olivardia, spectacular, spectacular examples. We've covered what sleep is. The big issues that I find is it's surrendering yourself and the awareness that you need. Because when you walk in at night, if you're on automatic pilot and if you're not conscious of yourself, because we did a show one time a couple years ago, Dr. Olivardia, because I've done at this point in time like 550 interviews on attention talk radio. Mm. it's interesting because probably 450 of them, you always end back at mind mindfulness. There's a level of mm-hmm. consciousness that you have to do to implement these things in the face of this being difficult. And we talked about, you're using your weakness to overcome your weakness. The thing that I've learned over a time is that you got to focus in on easy and you got to focus in on temptation. And so, and, and, or make it fun. Like you're looking for the wedge pillar, whatever. Um, if these things – if you have come up with a great idea and it takes too much effort to implement it, you got to figure out a way to make it easy, 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 and you've got, you've got to realize is that you're going to be motivated to want to jump on the screens and do those other things. But until you design the environment around you to make it easier for you to self-regulate, get rid of the screen stuff, get the TVs out of your room – to have the lights go off in your house if you can. they got these light bulbs now that you can, you can automate. Those types of things will make it easier for you to self-regulate because at the end of the day, we can set up structures all day long, but you actually have to implement them at some point in time, and that's a moment of free will, and that most, takes a little bit of your effortful brain to override the primitive brain. So anything to add to that?
2: Um, I would, I would absolutely echo all of that. And, and just as a general rule too, is for people to really come back to, and this is something, honestly, Jeff, in my own life is fairly new to really respect sleep, like to really not, because I used to see sleep, Jeff, as a disposable thing. Like I saw it as well, you know, I could, if there's anything, I'm not going to sacrifice time with my family. I'm not going to sacrifice fun. I'm not going to sacrifice Productivity. So the sleep, I can, that's an easy thing. I can, you can gain so many extra hours if you just let go of sleep. And that was a very unhealthy thing. And I, and I really, I don't drink alcohol, you know, I don't do drugs, but I, I classify that as being, is being very abusive. I was very abusive to my body by not recognizing the value of sleep and putting my body through many all-nighters, many, sometimes two in a row, sometimes like, you know, two hours of sleep a night for a week. I mean, just, and you don't get that back. I mean, one of the things that people falsely think is that, you know, we sleep very little and then the weekends will make up for it. Sleep doctors tell you we don't make up for that sleep. Once it's gone, it's gone. Now we might be extra tired by Saturday. And so we're going to be sleeping longer, but we're not, we're not reversing the damage that is done. We're not undoing the damage that's done when we are under those periods of sleep deprivation. And my body did suffer for it. I mean, I had, you know, I got shingles when I was in my early thirties. That was totally due to sleep deprivation. You're not supposed to get shingles when you're 30, you know, I mean, things like that. I, mean, I was like, what? Like don't people in their nineties get shingles? And, but your body does very wacky things because your body is basically screaming at you to say stop and just go to sleep and so that is the thing the main takeaway i really just want to pass on to people is that it is abusive to your body just like we talk about healthy eating we talk about we shouldn't be smoking and we have to monitor and regulate for people who drink alcohol this is up there this is actually i mean what are the three things we need to survive we need to eat we need to drink water and we need to sleep i mean this is basic and
0: fundamental wow. as it gets The i that's why they pay you the big bucks dr olivardia you summarized everything we've been talking about it's so succinctly you got to respect sleep and so often we don't respect it you're sleep deprived oh my god the cascading effects of horrible sleep it's just all everything gets worse if you're sleep deprived and not respecting it yeah. is really really the key and hopefully we've laid this out for you understand sleep and hopefully you understand that it's difficult and that you need to respect it. We try to identify the challenges of ADHD and the issues that are going on here, but it does require your respect. It does require your effort because as we say, you have the machine and the mind. So the machine is the physical part of the brain and the mind's the thoughtful part of the brain and it needs sleep in order for the mind and the machine to work in harmony to achieve our goals. So with that, Dr. Ardia, thank you so much for coming on the show
2: anytime Jeff always a pleasure
0: everyone our secret word tonight is part two again our secret word tonight is part two we hope you've enjoyed this series and Dr. Olive are you join us next week for another great edition of attention talk radio take care care.